Hey, I'm Nick from Define Life, and you are listening to the Defining Life podcast, where we, our mission is to help you lead the life that you want through the performing the daily actions that you need to do today to connect where you want to go in life. And so today we are going to talk about the story we tell ourselves. And this has come up through a couple of interactions that I've had over the past week stemming directly from the Kobe Bryant situation. Um, Kobe Bryant, you know, passed away um, earlier this week um, in a helicopter crash. It also took his daughter and two other families and the pilot. Uh, absolutely heartbreaking and tragic. Shocking uh, for a lot of people, for myself. Um, you know, I, I didn't really follow Kobe. Um, I wasn't, I'm not a big basketball fan. Our, our house isn't a basketball house, but, you know, we still felt it. And, you know, reading the articles and seeing all the good stuff that he's done over the years, um, really, uh, you know, really impactful person, positive person on a lot of people, including his family. Big family guy, disciplined person, uh, somebody that really decided what he wanted and went for it, right? Um, from, you know, his discipline and how he led his teams to what he's doing afterward to this, this there's a children's podcast he was doing. Um, so really, uh, it had a positive impact. And you can tell from the outpouring of support from people uh, what he meant to a lot of people. Um, on the flip side, there has been some negative stuff about his rape case that happened back in 2003. Um, and I'm not, my goal is not to get into that. Um, but I think it's, my goal here is to discuss how we interact with ourselves and with people who may do or have done bad things in our lives and how we allow that to define us as people as we try to move forward. Um, I don't know a lot about his case. I've read some pros and con articles about it just to kind of be aware of, of the subject. Um, but I think the thing that hit me was that like there seems to be a feeling that we can't celebrate what this guy's done in his life uh, because of this thing he's done in his past, or he wasn't even convicted, but you know this thing that people assume that was actually true that happened back then. Um, and so, like, when taken his life as a whole, that is a big part of it, and it was terrible. I mean, that you know any anything like that is is awful. I mean, rape, any kind of violence, violence against women, violence against anybody, is awful. Um, and I'm not debating that, uh, but there seems to be like, there's been, there's been issues where like the Washington Post got on one of their reporters for even mentioning it. Uh, that person was compelled to mention it. And there's always this back and forth between people that want to forget it. And then there's the people that never want to forget it or want to make sure that nobody else forgets it and, and make sure it gets its fair share of the story. Um, and so I, I started, like, we started having conversations about how, like, how does somebody get over something like that? You know, and, and what do we expect from people when they do anything bad? I mean, in, in Kobe's case, you know, 
whatever happened, how, do, how did we expect him to live the rest of his life? Was he just going to stop and always be trying to like, like be remorseful for it? Or at some point, should he have used his energy toward positive things, which it appears he did. And he tried to do a lot positive for his team, for his teammates, for his family, for his community. And so like he did you know, over 15 years, did a lot of positive things. So how do we balance that out as a community, as people? And it's complicated. It, it's really complicated because it's easy for us to bucket people as good or bad. And it's hard for us to, to wrestle with gray area and realize that good people do bad things sometimes. And every once in a while, bad people do good things. Uh, but there's a lot of in-between there. Um, you know, the, the one story that comes to mind that we took a little heat for last year, I saw an article about Felicity Huffman and, and Lori Laughlin, right? The, the college admission scandal. And, you know, wherever you fall on that case, where your opinion, the article that I read was, you know, will they ever work again or should they ever work again? And my question was like, assuming they're found guilty, and assuming they do whatever time is found necessary, you know they, um, you know they they have to go to jail, they pay fines, whatever they have to do. Assume they do all of that. Should they be punished for their entire lives? Should they never work again? Because while misguided, they wanted their kids to have a really good education, right? And I know what they did was wrong, and I'm sure they know what they did is wrong at this point. I would hope they do. Um, but should they pay for it forever? Is there room for them to have jobs again, to work again, to live a life, and maybe even make up for what they've done wrong? You know, we, we love... Now, we, we, watch, we watch movies, and we love having a villain, and we love having a, a, a hero. Um, and, you know, a lot of times, the interesting part about a story is the redemption, the, the recovery, the, the, you know, being in a bad place and realizing that you did something awful where you hurt people, and you use that. And realize, like, if you can look at something you awful you did and say, that's not me. I don't want to be defined by that. And you take it and you use it as motivation to grow into a much better person. Isn't that the story that we want? Isn't like, isn't like, isn't like rising from the ashes the story that we want for people. And we don't necessarily have to forgive what they have done. But, you know, how do we handle when somebody completely turns it around? You know, and it can be it can be the worst people in the world. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying, you know, a murderer convicted life in prison should should suddenly just be absolved of their sins and not that we even have the power to do that 
But how much is it worth if they realize how terrible they were and they become a minister or they do what they need to do to educate kids so that they don't end up where they ended up? You know, and it can be any circumstance. I'm, I'm, you know, being a little vague in this area, but, you know, I think across history you can see where awful people, or not even awful people, but people that did bad things turned it around. Andrew Carnegie uh, is a big figure in Pittsburgh here. We have Carnegie Libraries. We have Carnegie Mellon University. Um, the steel mills were a big employer here in Pittsburgh for a long time. And he's also important in New York. We know Carnegie Hall. Um, you know, there's he's a big name. The, if not the richest person in the world, one of the richest people in the world, right? And, you know, he was notorious for having steel mills with terrible working conditions. Probably, I mean, I, and I think there was a Pinkerton situation in the, in the, in the, you know, by the steel mills. I mean, there's like, there are literally people died working for this man. And I'm pretty sure he didn't do his best to make sure that they had the best working conditions, you know? And uh, they say, and I believe this was in the Men Who Built America, uh, it's a series, a History Channel series, um, that uh, the turning point for him was the Johnstown Flood. He was part of the, I believe it was the South Fork Fishing and Game um, whatever club, uh, and they had a, the dam that, that burst and caused 22 people to die in Johnstown. And I believe it's in The Men Who Built America. They assert that that's what changed him. He realized his culpability in that situation. And, and nobody, I don't think, ever was punished for that. Like, it, it happened, and they all got off scot-free. But it was his culpability as being a member of that group and maybe part of the decision-makers is how they handled the dam that changed how he handled the, the remainder of his life donating a lot of his fortune to public services. And that's how we got the library system here in Pittsburgh. And, you know, I think that none of that happens if he doesn't hold himself responsible for some of the things he did in his past. Now, does that erase his past? Absolutely not. But it, you know, there's this, there's this, this life. I mean, it's just, just life where, you know, we do things that we're ashamed of. And, you know, bringing it home to myself in this Kobe Bryant situation, um, you know, we were talking, my wife and I were talking about him in the kitchen and, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the rape case came up and, and, you know, how he's handled things afterward and how much of a role model he seems to be for people and a hero for people. And my wife was discussing, you know, like, I, I just want to be normal. <laughs> That's kind of how this came out. Like, you know, she said, I just, I just, I want to be normal. I wouldn't want to be like that in, in the limelight and like that, you know, out there. And I got a little peek into a situation that like we've danced around for years. So you probably don't know, but my wife was teaching. She was a preschool teacher at Trinity Church which is within a block of the World Trade Center. And at the time 
that the World Trade Center was occurring, she was teaching in that school. So the first plane hits and she's in, like they're accepting students into the classroom. And, um, you know, by the time the second plane hits, they're told to evacuate and they evacuate out into the street with these buildings on fire and just mass chaos. And um, a lot of the parents had rushed back to grab their kids and get the heck out of there. Well, she was left with one child and they carried this child um, along uh, a route. And it's a, it's a longer story. Long story short, she ends up uh, meeting the mother, blocks away, meeting the mother of this child on the street corner. I mean, it was, I mean, in a city like that and that kind of chaos, the fact that this happened, kind of ridiculous. Uh, and so on the anniversary of this, um, I really, I never even heard the story. She doesn't talk about it. Like I never, I knew bits and pieces, but I never knew the entire detail. And uh, somehow um, one of the local news stations heard about it. Um, I don't know if one of her friends called or, or I don't even, I don't remember how it came about, but the news station the anchor came in and interviewed him, interviewed her in our house for about you know a while, but it ended up being a five-minute segment on the evening news, which is an eternity on the evening news. And um, you know she talked about the whole thing, and at the very end, I'm going to get choked up here, but at the very end, the family did a pre-recorded video thanking her, and the, they had the daughter, and she's a teenager now, and it was like you know thanks for everything you did and all that stuff, right? And so, you know she's not talked about it and we've barely talked about it even since then right it's just not a not something she likes talking about and my peek into her psyche i think and and we still haven't really gone deep into this because it's not the most comfortable thing for her but um so we're talking about like i said and, and you know she's saying you know i just want to be normal i don't want to be a hero and she's saying, you know, like, but I even told her, I said, you are a hero. Like, you're every day to your kids and to that child in New York City. Like, you you got her out of there, right? That's a big deal. Most There's a lot of people that would not do that. A lot of people that would just run for their lives. A lot of people that would pass her off to somebody else. And she said, but yeah, but I did for a moment pass her off to somebody else. There was It was her and two other teachers. And she goes, for a moment, I had to take a rest. She was very heavy and I passed her off. And at that moment, I realized all of the doubt she was feeling going through that moment, all of those doubts and fears and everything that she was sort of ashamed of, maybe? I don't even know yet. Like, we still have to talk about this. This is going public, and we still have to talk about it. Um, but all of those things were overriding the action she actually took. So she's like, it almost seems like she's living this experience as somebody that had doubts and fears regardless of the outcome. And so it's been kind of defining her as she's going forward and, and her not actually embracing the good thing that she's really done, right? And, and being this person that's done a really good thing in her life and a lot of good things afterward, I might say. And so, you know, and I, and I, I think it's, that's, that's not fair. It's not fair. It's not, it's not something that we should be, like, and I, I know a lot of us go through that, where, you know, we look at some people and we see the actions, positive or negative, that they do, like they perform, like they do these, these really good things or really bad things. And we don't have a view into their mind. 
you know, the people doing bad things, you know, we don't understand the pain and suffering they may have been through to cause them to do those bad things. But even the good people that do great things, we don't see their doubts and their fears and the things they had to overcome to do those great things. And when we do them, sometimes we overlook the great things we do every day because we have so many doubts and fears and 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 we judgments on ourselves that we just we we blow up into something that's disproportionate to what actually happened. And you know, I look at my own life and I see it in my own life daily. Um, you know, we t- I know the growth. Like I know deep inside me the growth that it's cur- that's occurred within me in in the past five years or even longer, right? I mean, I look at the person that I was 20 years ago, miserable, uh, depressed, just just angry and, and reactive and defensive and manipulative to a point and, and like just could not have good relationships. And that person is still in me a little bit, you know, like I sometimes find myself talking to people and I think to myself, I never thought I could have that conversation. I never could have seen, like, even looking at somebody, I could think to myself, I don't know that I have the confidence to talk to that person. But then when the conversation happens, it's not nearly as hard as it would have been five years ago. Because I'm much more comfortable in my own skin now. And I feel much more healthy up here than I ever did in my life. But those judgments are still there. The the little piece of me, the doubts in my mind are still there. And even the labels are still there. You know, you get labeled by certain people being a certain way. Unreliable, lazy, dishonest, um, angry, <laughs> whatever whatever somebody might be putting on you. If they know you that way, they're more comfortable with you being that way. So it's hard for them to imagine you growing out of that, you know? And when you do grow out of it, it's not comfortable for them. They liked you the way you were, or at least they could bucket you that way. And so it's cool that you're, you know, temperamental because I know you as being temperamental. So if you stay temperamental, I know how to handle you or stay away from you. But come to me with with kindness, sympathy, empathy, generosity, whatever you might be defining your life as now. I'm not going to know how to handle that. And maybe I don't like that. Maybe I like temperamental people. Maybe I like drama, you know? And so that person's not going to know how to handle you. And the other thing is, is they want you to perpetually pay for your sins. If you've hurt somebody, if you've done something wrong, they, they, they want, like they have this need to make you pay for that. And you don't want to have to keep paying for that. You want to grow. You want to be somebody that, 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 builds on this experience that you've had of doing something wrong, something you're ashamed of, something that that you don't want to have to pay for the rest of your life. You know, judgment may come for you eventually, but right now you do what you need to do to overcome it, to learn from it, use it as motivation to become a completely different and better person, a bigger person. And that's, you know, it's hard I'm going through that now. It's hard because certain people know me as a certain person from 20 years ago, five years ago, whatever, maybe even one year ago, right? And they can't allow 
for any type of change because I am defined for them as this person. And it's gonna take a lot of proof to be different for that person or I just find different people. Different people maybe I'm more compatible with. Friends, you know, whoever, you know, like business associates, whatever. You find the people you're more compatible with when you're authentic to yourself. A healthy, authentic self and you find healthy, authentic relationships. But when you put yourself back in these positions where people are constantly trying to hold you accountable for this thing you did even though you're trying to grow out of it, uh, it's really difficult. And I even find myself going back into those situations. It's like a, it's like there's this personality inside of me that's been locked away, right? I have all these positive influences around me. My relationship with my wife is better. We, I have people in our user group that are amazing inspirations for me. Uh, and, and business associates that are amazing. It's, it's, my life is completely different. But then I put myself back in these old familiar situations and I can feel an old, immature, unhealthy personality want to come back out. Want to just come back out into the light and be like, hey, I'm still here. And, you know, like I have to have like a, there's like a, like a devil and an angel sort of thing on my shoulder going, that's not you anymore. So don't be there anymore. Don't be that person anymore. And, you know, like, and it's not so much that I want to have something to prove, but just that, you know, like I have to own who I currently am. And it's, it's a weird experience. And if you've ever, you know, ever gone to a high school reunion, you might have that experience. You know, that's, it's probably the most extreme, concrete, visible experience because, you know, in high school for me, I was bullied. I didn't have many friends. I just did not fit in. You know, I did not know how to relate to people. And I was really depressed. And when I go back to high school and I see the old familiar faces, they're different. Um, I'm different. But yet all of those things come back. I see a bully. I see a jerk. I see somebody that was mean to me. They see that kid that they picked on or that kid that, you know, was weird in high school or whatever, right? Maybe it's still a little bit weird. I don't know. But like, it's hard to break out of those molds and you have to decide moving forward whether you're going to care or not, right? You have to decide if you want to prove to somebody, if somebody's that important and they are healthy, that we have to prove to that person, I'm different now. I've grown. You will want me around. You will want a relationship with me because I can have a good relationship with you. But there's also those people that we created toxic relationships, right? So people that are compatible attract each other. So there's those people that we might have toxic relationships with that we just need to let go. Because there's no way to have a healthy relationship because an unhealthy person making an unhealthy relationship with another unhealthy person, both people have to be healthy to have a healthy relationship. And so you have to decide, you know, how much you're going to invest in that relationship. Now you allow for their growth too, right? It's all fluid. It's all fluid and it's crazy. It's the, it's the goofy experience of life, how fluid this all is. So, you know, if somebody is static and unchanging, then, and we don't 
want them, we don't want a negative influence on our life, then we have to take ourselves out of that. Take ourselves out and put ourselves in a healthy place. And allow for them to actually do some changing on their own. Maybe they do change. And maybe they do come back a healthy person. And then we can evaluate whether we want to allow that person back into our lives. But you can't maintain a healthy relationship with an unhealthy person. And you can't keep throwing yourself into a relationship that you know is bad for you, especially if you're trying to get healthy. You know, the the saying that I always have in the back of my mind is you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. And, you know, for me, that was some negative, some manipulative, awful people. And it's been my goal uh, in creating the groups that we have for Define Life and Define My Day uh, for the people around me to develop relationships with people that I feel good about, people that are healthy themselves and I can develop healthy relationships with. It's, it's an absolute priority for me, day in and day out. It might not be written down anywhere, but I'm always kind of like, I know it. And I can sense, like you know, like you have a little bit of a radar. You can sense when somebody is healthy or unhealthy when you're talking with them, right? And I'm sure that when I was unhealthy, healthy people would see me and would back away. Unhealthy people would say, yeah, I can get along with that guy because that's what they were compatible with. So now that I'm moving away from that, developing new relationships is a different experience. But I have to let myself, like like let myself be a different person. Part of doing this podcast and these, these videos is me proving to myself, like I'm literally proving to myself in, in the moment that I can be a better, more positive, influential person. I mean, you're watching it right now or listening to it right now. And every day I am doing something. I am a person that helps other people live a life where they feel fulfilled and go to where they want to go. Because I don't want what happened to me to happen to anybody else. That's my my mission is to help people lead the life they want with no regret. A healthy life where they just where where they're fulfilled. I don't want anybody to be as miserable and and for me I was blind. And it's only it's only by sometime maybe dumb luck or being at the edge of the cliff and realizing that things needed to change. And I would rather help other people get to a point where they realize it before, you know, they make permanent mistakes. So you're watching that with me. You're watching me trying to trying to trying to be that person. And I'm not trying. So oh, I use try. I use try. I'm not trying. I am being that person, right? So you're watching it here. So my, you know, my question to you is: What judgment? What story? What label are you living that is holding you back? You know, and you can be anywhere in life. You know, maybe you've done some awful things to your kids. Maybe, maybe you've done some bad things in business. You know, but you don't have to keep living that script. You don't have to keep living it because other people have labeled you a bad person or a dishonest person or even a shy person or a person that doesn't take initiative, disorganized. Like, you don't have to live any of those labels. You can decide today 
to develop strategies to change that narrative. You don't have to suddenly be organized, but you can today say, I'm gonna clean out one drawer and I'm gonna clean out one drawer every day for the next 30 days. And then after that, I'm gonna organize the garage, like whatever, you know, whatever it is. You know, if, if being an honest business person is what you want to be, then maybe every day you read 30 minutes of a book about how to run a business in the right way. Or maybe you try to find a mentor that can help you navigate the business world in an honest way. If you want to be a better parent, you can decide today, I'm a better parent. You can decide it today and commit to something small. I'm going to spend 15 more minutes with my kid every day. I'm going to read a book 15 minutes every day. That can be the start. That's it. We don't have to burn out, be parent of the year, but we can change that script. Your employee, employer-employee relationship. You can walk in tomorrow and be a different employee. Now, your boss knows how much history. How much history is like, you know, of you being late, bad attitude, whatever. And it takes a lot of time to prove that you're not that person. And sometimes... A change of scenery is just easier. You can walk in with a fresh personality somewhere else. But if you want to stay where you're at, you come in every day and you prove that you are a person with a positive attitude, a person that comes in on time, a person that does conscientious work. You know, maybe you even have a conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm changing it. I realize I've done things wrong and I'm changing it today. And then that person can help you along. But you can flip whatever script you're running right now. You have the capability to do it. I absolutely know it because I've done it myself. And we have big examples that we talked about earlier in this episode. Big example of big examples of people that have awful things in their past and have the ability to turn it into something positive, to turn their lives into something positive, to have an impact, a positive impact on the people around them and the world in general. People are still benefiting from Andrew Carnegie's money 100 years later. And I guarantee people are still going to benefit from the work that Kobe Bryant has done in the past 15 years. He's been an inspiration to kids, adults, a a lot of people. And it made the world a better place. So... My message to you today is that you can overcome whatever BS script you're running right now. You just have to decide to do it. It's not easy, and you're going to have a lot of people pulling you back, but um, you can do it. All right, so uh, I'm going to get into the comments here because I've seen a couple coming up. Uh let me see. Those are some of the earlier ones. Kristen. Yeah, it's a tricky. It is a tricky topic. It's hard because it's another person on the other end of the story whose voice was diminished. Kobe was never convicted, so therefore not guilty, and didn't need to make amends. And 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 you're right. And I've thought about it. Right. So I know there was a civil suit, and he did settle with her out of court. And she was 19. And it. God, I can't even imagine. Like, I've never been in a situation where I've been victimized like that. I don't even know anybody that I can think of that's been victimized like that, or at least that I'm aware of. 
Um, and it's tough because that girl's life will never be the same, right? I, I'm sure it has never been the same. Um, you know, it's it's really hard. But at the same time, he can't, like, he can't just curl up and, and wither away, right? Like, he's got to do something positive. And, and I think that everybody, everybody is going to try to shirk responsibility. I mean, nobody wants to pay for their sins forever, right? And I think the difference is that the people that continue to do things, like you can use Harvey Weinstein as an example. He's a guy that just perpetually for years, I mean, systematically did awful things. I don't think that's something that's going to get turned around, right? But we look at this instance with Kobe. It was a one... Oh man, this is dangerous. It's... I think he looked at that as like... If if he truly did it, and that's what happened, I think he looked at that as... And I'm, I'm guessing here. He looked at that as, you know what? That's not me. That's not me. That That's not something I need to do better with my life. And I believe he dedicated to doing everything better in his life. Um, and you look at the relationship he had with his wife and daughters. I mean, he was, he was the family guy by, you know, all examples that I've seen. So yeah, I mean, it's a tough situation. I feel for the, for the victim in that situation. Um, I feel for anybody that has to go through anything like that. Um, Jana says, I thought the character development in Orange is the New Black was a perfect example of people who are good and bad, selfish and selfless, seeing the timeline of people in Life Impact. You know, my wife watched that. I never watched it. Um, maybe I will have to watch that show. I, she tried to get me to watch it, and I just wasn't in the mindset where I wanted to. So I might have to give that a shot. But yeah, that's probably, it sounds like it's a great example. I mean, there's people that, you know, people do bad things in... in they can really, they, I mean, like, forgiveness and, and, and redemption are, are key stories in thousands of years of history with us. Um, Kathy says, what you're saying right now about needing to find supportive people when you are displaying your authentic self is totally relatable at this point in my life. Kathy, I feel you. And I think we've actually even discussed this. Uh, I think I've seen you discuss it in the past in, in the group or in another video. Um, that, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to find. And, and for myself going through this process and starting this business and, and all of this, I had to pull away, uh, from a lot of people. I, I was sort of a hermit. Um, and in fact, there's a lot of people that I miss that, um, I've just started to see again, uh, that have been kind of like, you know, where you been? Like, in fact, somebody, somebody texted me the other day, my new year's uh, resolution is that is to hang out with you one day this year. Um, I mean, that's like, seriously, like I, I, like while I was sort of deconstructing myself over the past couple of years, um, you know, I was kind of protecting myself and really only focusing on the relationships that were really important, namely my wife and kids and a couple of really close friends, um, and family members. But I felt like I, I couldn't live with questions and judgment. And, and, you know, I had to kind of let myself transform a little bit in seclusion uh, before I went back out into the world. Uh, Kristen, um, 
Yeah, you're the average of the five people. It's a, it's a that when I heard that I started looking around. I heard it years ago and I started looking around, going, "Oh my god, that can't be true." <laughs> well, it was. Um. Yeah, Kristen, thank you. I appreciate it. I I know it's like. You know, there there's a conversation to have there, um, and it's it's really hard. And I know because there's so many people that feel so strongly about it. Um, you know, it's wading into that is, is difficult and I'm glad you, um, understood as I went through it. Yeah. Uh, Melinda, you're so right. The little steps purposely made toward become the big things. You have to give yourself time, grace, and show a bit of grit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, grit is, is huge. I, you know, Andrea or Angela Duckworth's, uh, book grit, uh, was a very, big part of my transformation um, in discipline, discipline being a big part of our define my day process, um, you know, and sticking things out because I saw in myself how much I just didn't stick things out. I'd quit early and quit often and uh, it was a habit. Um, and, you know, I could, I could blame, you know, anything on that. I could blame, you know, God, I could blame ADD, depression, you know, whatever I wanted to on it. But in the reality, I just was in a bad habit of not seeing things through. And, you know, this is another example of like, you, you got to kind of grit out that change in personality and prove to the people that you want to prove it to that you are making changes. And even in our relationship, my, my wife and I, our relationship, like we have to prove every day that we are not who we were five or 10 years ago. Um, and it's happening in both ways because, you know, we're hardwired to think and to react in a certain way to even our relationship, you know, through years of things between us and things that happened before we even met. And we're hard, hardwired to react. And so you have to be a little vulnerable and, and you know, allow for the other person to, to grow and learn. And they have to give you the same sort of grace. And um, it's hard. It's hard. It's, you know, and especially in our relationship is that when one of us experiences some significant growth, but then when you do that, maybe you get a little overconfident and, and sometimes even judgmental. And then you like flip it and like, and maybe one of you takes a step back and then you're like, oh, see, I, you, you didn't change at all. And then like, no, that's not true. It's just a blip, right? It's just a blip. There actually is change happening here. We just have to allow for it and be a little patient. Um, Tanya says, another thing that's hard is when um, another thing that is hard is when you fall from the grace of people because of a short period of time. Oh yeah. Uh, trying to regain the trust in your authentic person to those people is hard. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, and it's, that's, that's exactly the thing. So it doesn't need to be something as extreme as what Kobe went through. I mean, you can go through a hard time and do some things that you're not proud of. You know, whether it's just talking to people in a in a disrespectful way or or doing things to hurt other people, maybe you're just sort of a little bit self-destructive and you do things that really hurt others. And you know, you can apologize for that, but they're gonna have a memory that you're a person that's capable of doing that. And so that trust has to be rebuilt. Um and you know, it's hard. It's hard because you don't want to keep reliving that. You want to forget it. It's easier to forget it, right? It's easier to say, I'm not that person. I'm not that person anymore. And I will never do that again. But other people kind of, you know, keep you at arm's length a little bit. 
and and it just has to be proven like you can destroy trust um really quick and it takes a long time to rebuild it in fact i had a i, I saw there's a cartoon we had hanging in our office about corporate trust and how like you know a corporation builds trust over years and it's like a forest and and they just you know they the trees just grow and grow over time and then one day the company does one thing they'll just cut down the entire forest like they just destroy all trust because they did one thing and they're like in the the ceo's going okay now how do we fix this well you got to rebuild it again it takes a long time to rebuild it and it's the same thing with interpersonal relationships um Kim says, little steps are huge. Sometimes I have very small to-do tasks that seem overwhelming, but I put them as a priority and they just get done. Today was a huge one. Good for you, Kim. Good to hear. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it it happens and it happens, it happens in amazing ways sometimes. Sometimes there's little things that you can do every day. Uh, you know, as it, as it builds up, it just has an amazing impact. And it's, the, you know, again, in the relationships. You can, if you feed little positives in a relationship every day the next thing you know you have this foundation of good stuff you know you have this foundation of of good memories and good little moments and the worst thing you can do is tear that down by doing something but when you do you have to realize that you just got to take the time again and, and build it up small little bit, bits at a time and nobody wants to do that nobody wants to do that but we have to you know we if if to get what we want, we have to be persistent and consistent and in anything, relationships, work, learning, personal development, whatever it is, persistent and consistent constantly. All right, so that's that wraps it up for today. I appreciate everybody that was with me today. Um, I hope this was valuable to you, and I appreciate you giving me some grace as I kind of wade through that topic. I know it's not easy. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you giving me some, some latitude there. Uh, I hope you guys have a great week. Uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And uh, I will talk to you guys in the user group. I'll talk to you every morning. I'm there every morning live uh, talking about whatever is going on currently. Um, the podcast, the pre-recorded podcasts get released Tuesday morning. And this live podcast will go up tonight. Uh, it gets uploaded to YouTube and will be up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Play um, also tonight. So I appreciate you being with me here. Ugh, ugh, getting tongue-tied. I appreciate you being here with me. Remember to take the small steps today that lead you to where you want to go in life and create that defined life for yourself. Take care, everybody. Have a great day.